welcome to where am I oh there I am hello and welcome to take this my name is Brad uh, Laplante um, Griff will be well he's actually out he's on he's on a well-earned well-earned vacation for Griff today uh, we are excited for episode number 38 um, thank you to everyone listening on YouTube and everyone uh, you know that will tune in later on Spotify Apple Podcasts Apple uh, or Overcast, elsewhere, where every every site, every site that you can think of. That was a terrible, terrible, good, uh, terrible intro. But uh, but anyway, we got lots and lots and lots and lots on the agenda today. We have special guest, a very very special guest, Alex Faber, who is a writer at the State News. And he covers MSU hockey at State News. He covers the Red Wings at Octopus Thrower. Welcome, Alex. We had you on before. It's great to see you again. How are you? I am pretty good. And and I have a feeling that intro was just a little frazzled because you were so <laughs> excited to talk sports today. I think oh, my gosh. I Dude, I just got my COVID booster, so I am thrown off for a – I got it at Breslin. It was really exciting. Very, very interesting the way that they like sort of like almost misled you into the into the like little atrium area. But it was it was good. A lot of people in like army vests giving me giving me a covid shot. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. stuff. Sounds fantastic. I know. I know. I know. I didn't really go over what we were going to uh, what we were going to get into. But. Um, we have lots and lots and lots on the agenda today. So first off, uh, obviously, I had to talk about we got the Super Bowl coming up. Well, you know, in in a, in a few weeks, but we have the uh, championship rounds coming up next week. Uh, Matthew Stafford just did a thing, which was very weird and very crazy, as a Detroit sports person to like notice. Uh, you know. I'm I'm very hesitated to say fan when it comes to the Lions, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but how was that for you? Like, how was that reaction to like? Are you one of those people who were like, were you hurt by that, or you were you just pumped for Stafford? So heading into the weekend, my opinion was kind of I don't really care either way. Because uh, on one hand, we have this guy who was you know gave his all to the city of Detroit. It was a great guy, um, participated in a lot of charities same time i am a lions fan if they lose i get a draft pick but man in the moment um you just felt like stafford's legacy was in the line and in that moment where he threw it to cooper cup i just found myself rooting for him um like i said heading into that i didn't have an allegiance i wasn't pro stafford anti-stafford but i'll be honest i was cheering pretty hard for him when he when he just hail married it up to not hail mary but just that long pass down to Cup for the to set up the game-winning field goal when he was running up doing the clock it. It reminded me of uh, that that game-winning drive against Dallas a few years back. That just, I don't know, man. It, it felt good in the moment, I guess. Was that what everyone was sharing on Twitter? Like the, yep. that thing that made that rounds where he was doing the in the, goes, in the Lions it, uniform? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's one of those things. It's very weird, and 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 I. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that on the screen actually because it's 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 worthy there of our time, but oh. so it I mean it was good you saw like it sort of reminded me of Stafford at his best when he was doing 
all of that. Again, like this Hail Mary tackles him right at the 10. And, like, and I was surprised that he could do it. It's, because, again, like, you give him a good team, and he does what he does. Um, you know, the weird the weird thing for me, and because, because again, like, it's, it's Matthew Stafford. And for all the stuff that he's been given and all the stuff, and I remember, what is it, like, um, like, uh, who's that one guy that does, uh, um, Colin Cowherd, who's very, very, like, if you've ever heard, um, get it, heard, uh, Colin Cowherd, I'm terrible at jokes, uh, if you've ever heard him talk about Stafford, like, you know that he does not, he's not a fan, right? And, like, Colin Cowherd's, like, just... I mean, it's true, right? Like, he puts the facts put put the facts on the table, right? And I'm not, you know, a fan of him one way or the other. But he, w- he would say about, like, all the time, and he'd come up with all these things about how, like, if the game's on the line, you put the game in Stafford's hands, and Stafford doesn't come through. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. The interesting thing for me, mostly, was that I didn't – I don't think that I learned – anything new from this weekend watching him you know in the sense of like I know what like would I say that you know and, and and watching and we'll get into it a little bit later later on but Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen like I would say uh and I don't know how you feel but I would say that they are better quarterbacks than Matthew Stafford is I don't think that like you know, like if you put Matthew Stafford on the Bills, maybe he has a harder time with what he's given. And I don't know because the Detroit Lions have been in a, have been the epitome of a failure for the last 60 plus years. So it's hard to say. But again, both things can be true where like no, he's not like he's never been good enough to lift the Lions from nothing and disaster. You know, like Josh Allen has with the Bills, or Joe Burrow has now with the with the Bengals. Like that's something that's insane that I never thought I would see, and I, I, I don't know. Like just the 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 Joe Burrow thing really rockets to me because he's got like something about it, and I don't think that like Matthew Stafford ever did what Joe Burrow did this past weekend at all and so like again like I don't know I just didn't learn like some profound thing about how Matthew Stafford is this amazing dude you know it's just same old same old what I kind of took away from the weekend um so there's that there's that there's always that question is Matthew Stafford elite um it really depends how you define elite right like you mentioned I I I would consider the only two elite uh teams right now or uh quarterbacks in the NFL right now are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Those guys are at a, just a different level than everyone else. And you could even say Joe, Joe Burrow, like you said, he did something that Stafford couldn't do. He went into a franchise that historically struggled and immediately snagged two playoff wins for him. Um, the thing is, I think what Stafford did prove was that he can be a franchise guy. Does he have a t- an obscene amount of talent around him? Yeah. Is that defensive line crazy? Does he have a great head coach? Does he have a one of the best receiving cores in the NFL? Yes. But the argument with Stafford to Detroit was always, is he a franchise guy? And to me, a franchise quarterback is a guy who can string together a couple of games in the postseason against some of the best teams in the league and get a win. So I get what you're saying. I like I, I wouldn't go as far to say he's one of the best in the league now. 
but he's certainly a franchise quarterback. I guess that was kind of cemented in my mind for me. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Because again, like, like, and and we haven't played the Orlovsky comments, and that's and and I've always and you know I've always agreed with Dan Orlovsky in the sense of like, um, like I felt bad for him when he was here, you know, because yeah. because I was so like I was so about to like pin this on. Detroit and the ownership and like how just historically bad. I mean, you you're talking about the worst, the worst uh, sports franchise in the history of sports. Um, like I could not name another one. Um, like even uh, like just off the top of my head, um, there are some some that come to mind, like Arizona Coyotes. You know, like what the fuck is that? Um, but you know, but, but, but there's very few that sort of sink to that level, you know? And, and, and I, I guess like in football, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like Arizona is almost like doomed, you know, whereas like Detroit, like could have succeeded like on multiple occasions, like they had chances to succeed the NFL out here helping them out, you know? And, and I mean, you could say the same thing about the NHL to Arizona and vice versa and stuff like that. And how, or, or, and, and there's like bad teams everywhere, you know, but, um, so I've always felt bad for him. Like I was, you know, out here with, on Matthew Stafford's pity party when he was here, you know, like this dude, like just is doing everything for Detroit and nobody's, you know, nobody gives a shit about him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, if you really could consider like those elite guys, what I, cause I did like that, you know, um, what was it? There was this like ESPN article about how, like, you know, now all the, it's everything's out on the table with these young quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, like that was a good game. Um, you know, I wanted to get into the, uh, overtime rules in just a moment. Um, Dan Orlovsky yeah. said well, this I mean, on ESPN. I was not going to come on television today and be normal. So <laughs> this jacket is, is coming off. This jacket is coming off. I was at an 80s themed party on Saturday night, right? Yeah, and I yeah. saw this jacket, right? This is from my brother-in-law. Right when he wore it, oh. I said, yo, <laughs> Burrow wins, Stafford wins. I'm putting it on. Allie, we are not making bump timing here. Oh, this is the all-time I told you so moment. This is a career-defining and legacy-changing throw from Matthew Stafford. So what all the writers in Detroit jacket? that for it? years, this is Maverick from Top Gun. All you writers in Detroit that for years told me your guy's not good enough. You were wrong. And all the fans in Detroit, and I know I love a lot of you guys that told me Matthew Stafford stunk, you were wrong. And all those people who send me stuff on the internet, memes saying all your guy does is pad stats, you were wrong for years. I have told, and a small group of people have told everybody, Matthew Stafford is a great player. And you say, well, he doesn't win games. <laughs> he played in Detroit. He's never been to the playoffs and won a game. He played in Detroit. This was the moment that Matthew Stafford had to prove everybody wrong. And I said this a couple months ago. There is not a human being that plays in the NFL that when the game is on the line, and it is not cutting time in the fourth quarter that I want the ball more than Matthew Stafford. Did you so I just have one question for you. Do you agree with that premise that because I, I mean, obviously, like the first guy that comes to mind, you know, Tom Brady is is Tom Brady. Would you not put would you not put Tom Brady in that situation? Yeah, so. Orlovsky did the Orlovsky thing. Um, he took a premise that was uh, correct. I, I think it, he was correct in his assessment that 
that was a career defining throw. But he did the Orlovsky thing and made it a bit goofy and took it way too far. Um, Stafford does have some, like, I believe it is the most um, game-winning drive since he's been in the league, but he was with a terrible team. That doesn't shock me. I, I, I just think he took it a bit too far. Um, I would rather have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I would rather have both of them. Um, I wouldn't mind Tom Brady in that situation. He just, to me, it's another Orlovsky comment. He just makes some, he just says some cheerleady stuff sometimes. He, he gets weird about his comments. Some, some bonkers stuff. I mean, that's probably why he's on ESPN, to be honest. <laughs> you know, like, you say some, say some shit that gets attention and uh, there, I mean, there you are. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's uh, like, yeah, I guess I guess you are right. I get you you are correct in saying that he's he was a franchise guy for Detroit. Detroit failed him. Is he elite? He could prove that. Do you have do you have any interest in seeing Stafford winning a Super Bowl? Or do you so, think this is it? This is done. This is he should just quit at, so Detroit can get that draft pick. At this point, it doesn't matter. Like the draft doesn't matter to me. I'm cheering for him to get a chip. Like I, I know um, some Detroit guys are going to be mad at me because there was those. Um, like I was one of the guys who was cheering for Verlander too when he got the World Series. Um, at the end of the day, it's just sports, and my allegiance isn't just to the Lions. It's also the people who kind of come through that organization. And Stafford was a guy who gave his heart to Detroit. He was a fun guy. So at this point, that draft capital is not going to change significantly enough for me to cheer against him so Plus, i'm just gonna detroit say is to, set up detroit is set up like they are set up like what yeah. is it where I, I can't remember where it was god forgive me but um there was this one one piece that came out that was saying uh how detroit has the the best looking rebuild moving forward you know so they got nothing to worry about with the draft picks that they have coming up with the just I mean the the fact that normally NFL rebuilds can take anywhere from two to three years and so you know and and we're in year one and going into year two now and so you know if Detroit did this thing right which you know we we know the history there then you know may they they could have some I don't know I I think that Detroit would make will make the playoffs in two years the only thing and i and i and this is for another conversation i've i've always been a little skeptical and i still am of dan campbell a little bit like still a little skeptical you know rookie head coach like don't know you know didn't didn't give me a good first impression you know but we and we got work to do there so um so real quick i want to transition into the nfl and over time now, first question I have for you, all right, because we, we and I, I just want to outline for the viewers, for the people, real quick. Uh, NFL overtime is, you got a coin toss, right? And what, they start from, uh, is it a kickoff or something like that? It's a kickoff, right? And they're just like normal. And the first one, if you score a field goal, the other team now has to match your field goal or get a touchdown and they win. Or if you score a touchdown, it's sudden death. So sudden death, touchdown, uh, you win the game. And so Buffalo and Kansas City played that divisional game in the AFC. And Kansas City, came, uh, Patrick Mahomes won the coin toss. That was a wild game, by the way. But Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs win the coin toss. They drive right down the field. They win the game. B- boom, game over. Um. 
in college, it's a little different where they got, what, they start from the 25-yard line on the opposite end, right? And then from that point on, you have now to get a, uh, what is it, like, your it's best score wins. But after the second overtime, like, I think it's after the second score, they have to get a two-point conversion. Two-point attempts. Then two it goes point to attempts. two-point attempts. And then it's just two-point shootout. Yep. So... Like and that's what we got when we got a nine overtime game in the Penn State Illinois game, which was god awful. But so I've heard a couple a couple suggestions. Okay, the first one for the to replace the NFL system because nobody likes the NFL. Nobody liked the old system when the old system was like field goal done. Um. Nobody liked that system, but they changed it now where it's a touchdown, and nobody likes this new system. Well, if they change it, they could do a couple things. They could, A, go for a full period, so just do another full 15 minutes, all right? That could cause some issues. I don't know, like, if you if people are worried about another tie after that, you know? Um, like, sometimes you get in baseball, but 15 minutes is a lot of time. Um, or you could just do college rules, but... It's from the 50 instead of the 25. Um, is there one you like better, or what do you think they should do? So I want to address the the Bill or the the Bills Chiefs game first. Um, that spurred so many comments on Twitter, and I agree with almost all of them. The one thing I want to make sure we don't do is is taint the victory f- for for the Chiefs because at the end of the day, the Bills let the Chiefs march down in 13 seconds and score the tying goal to send it overtime. So I think people who are trying to use that to kind of cloud the victory for the Chiefs, don't do that. It was a fantastic game. But at the same time, man, I really would have want, I really wanted to see Josh Allen get the ball in overtime. I really did. Um, so I think, that, I think the NFL really does need to change it. Um, I don't have a perfect system in mind because with, with a, just another period, you get into the, the 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 trouble of exhaustion because what if it what if it's like baseball like you said or hockey or basketball where you have to go to another overtime because you're still tied that I, that starts to get bad for for player safety um, so that that kind of leads me to the latter option you said um, start from the fifty college rules something like that would would just make so much sense to me but make them go for two points right away something to make it quicker uh, just something where defense and offense play a role because with how gassed the bills defense was after that final drive you knew they were gonna give up the touchdown as soon as that happened you're like okay that that's the game right there so i'd like to see an overtime that gets the 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 ball in both players hands but also kind of keeps in mind player safety so i think the latter option you said is, is is my preferred i guess yeah and well and like because I'm trying to think too, like what if what if we thought outside the box? And this is made, this might come off as stupid because I am literally thinking off the top of my head. But w- the NHL does something where they do three on three. Do you think the NFL could do something where it's like uh, I don't want to say like you know that many people, but like six on six? They so the NHL doesn't do that in the playoffs. They mm. they stick with the five on five. Oh, so they? I think okay. the NFL would probably like elect to to stick with with the amount Just of players the 11. on the team yeah. because then you get into the um the kind of like the sanctity of the game people right, if that right, makes right, sense. Right. 
Right. Like with uh, when the shootout was introduced in hockey, that was a big controversy because it kind of ruined the sanctity of the game. That's another thing that's not because they don't do that in the playoffs, right? Like they don't do shootouts. They just do continuous over continuous OT. Yep, so, that's where you get Iserman's slap shot to win in, in double <laughs> overtime against St. Louis. That's where you get moments like that. Because, like, because obviously, like, the reason why that they started to introduce that in hockey and to, to begin with was just because it's easier to score when there are three people on the, when there are six players on the ice versus ten. You know, right. it, it just it, it it's I I guess the game would almost like end quicker in theory. You know, it changes the dilemma of the game, and it's easier to set up a breakaway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it is interesting because I, I always what was that game where was it New Orleans? Didn't they win it win some game years ago where it, that made them change it? Because it used to be just a field goal for uh, for NFL OT, right? I I honestly can't remember. Mm. I I, it so I just remember I just remember going to like middle school and people were pissed about it. <laughs> you know, I wake up and I'm like, I don't know what happened, but, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Cause that full period thing, like I would be on board if like, if football wasn't such a like physical sport already, you know, like right. you got players and they're already trying to extend the, the season by a couple weeks. Like they want to add another game. And I don't think the first game needed to be added and no. so like the last thing we need to be doing is adding is adding more more periods. Um but yeah, like college rules it was actually Jim Costa who is uh like some new oh, I love radio Jim. voice. Yeah. At yeah, uh, 97 one in Detroit, he actually was the one that suggested both of those because I've heard of the extra period thing, the college rules thing. I've I've talked about before, but never really considered it being from the 50, just because I was like, the thing I was most worried about was the 25. I'm like, is you know, because college is a little bit different, you know. Um, right. Alex, I want to transition real quick into some some Big Ten football. All right. Now, me and you, both big, you know, big into Michigan State, right? So, Michigan State all the way. Um, So, obviously, Michigan State had a great season, and projections mean nothing, especially this early, right? We all know how much projections mean. I mean, projections were the same reason why, like, you had these pundits go on TV and be like, Michigan's not going to win more than six games. And I'm like, the fuck are you smoking? Um, or like the people who had Michigan State at well, that was more realistic, but it was like four and a half. I think four was there. Wins at Vegas, yeah. That's crazy to me. But um, so we got some Big Ten proje- uh, projections on twenty four seven sports. All right, very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Um, by Brad Crawford uh, this week. Um, very interesting stuff. So, so what I want to, I, I just want to highlight some of these. Okay. Real quick. And, and again, and I don't know. Cause I, and I, and I want to get into my own Michigan state projections. And this is just based again. Like there are a few factors at play. Like it assumes that Jim Harbaugh stays. It assumes mm-hmm. that everything stays the same right now with current recruiting projections, etc. Um, the, the, biggest thing that stood out to me was not Michigan State, was not uh, Michigan, was not um, like any other team except for Northwestern, actually. Um, it has Northwestern going 0-9 in the Big Ten. Do you think, like, do you think that that's realistic at all? 
So here's the thing about Northwestern. I was actually thinking about that. And and when I was making my own rankings kind of in my head, I did project Northwestern as last. But if you look at Pat Fitzgerald as a program, he kind of has this thing where every other year they seem to kind of reload. Now this year, I, I, again, I'm doing what I'm doing what I can. I'm, I'm, I'm doubting him. Um, and that's where Pat's at his best. He usually gets his North te- Northwestern teams up and ready when they're doubted. But I, I just don't see a lot of talent. Uh, in that Northwestern squad, I, I didn't don't think they showed any really flashes of, of anything promising this year. It was a pretty uh, it was a pretty rough season, I guess, for the Wildcats. Um, but zero nine seems a little aggressive in the West. I feel like the West is uh, you well, can they're also not there. that great. Right, right. So that the the Northwestern one it, that that one was a bit much for me. I think. So in like again like cuz again it's it's so hard it's just so hard to imagine any team going 0 and 9 in the Big 10 in the Big 10 West. Especially um, in the West. Ex- well ex- exactly, right? Like if you told me that Maryland or Rutgers was going to go 0 and 9, I'd be like, yeah. No big. That's that's probably <laughs> accurate. That's you know, Rutgers with an uh, with an over under of like 1, you know. <laughs> Um, Minnesota's was interesting too. Um, what do they got? Like a five and four sort of even. Um, and I've always been sort of a, like, like Tanner Morgan believer, you know, like PJ Fleck sort of guy. Um, it has Minnesota winning big 10 games at at Penn state and at Illinois and losing against Michigan state. Um, you know, like, I don't know. I've all, again, I've always been a big fan of Minnesota, um, just kind of one of those teams that you feel bad for, like every once in a while, like they're really hard to hate. Right. Um, Wisconsin as well. Do you think that any of these teams, like Wisconsin's is the easiest to predict in my opinion. Do you think that any of these teams like stand out from the West? Like, do you think that there's going to every year? It seems like there's another one that goes to the, the big 10 title game. Who do you think so it's going to be? There are, there are two teams I actually kind of have in mind in the West. Um, so Wisconsin is one. I, I think didn't the project, projection have them at eight and four? Yeah, and every season? single win is it. Well, every well, not every win I should say, but every home game is a win. Okay, I I just think I I know Graham Mertz had a horrible season last year, but he he kind of improved it near the end. Um, they had a lot of momentum in the latter half of the season. I could see them. Uh, it's the boring prediction. I could see them kind of just taking the West, but I think yeah. the fun prediction. The bold one. I could see Nebraska taking a step forward last next year. Interesting. They were in every single game last yeah. year. Every, almost every single game. They were within a touchdown. They were they were right there to win it. They almost beat the Big Ten champ, Michigan Wolverines. They they Michigan State. There was just so many Ohio State. Every Ohio every State game was close. Home. They just didn't have that like it factor to get them over the hump. Right. Yeah. And oh. Nebraska's just a weird team. Just keep an eye on them. I'm not, I'm not bold on that one, but just kind of – I'm not yeah. sold. But. The, the interesting thing about Wisconsin, too, is it, – it, and it's it's so – it's such a weird thing, you know, because, like, we, we talk a lot about um, – like, in, in college basketball, we talk a lot about, like, home field advantage – or home court advantage, right? In, in football, like, yeah. Like, it's hard to go into Ann Arbor and win a game, right? Like, just because there's 110 fucking thousand people there, right? Like, it's hard to go into East Lansing even and win a game if Michigan State is a good team, right? 
like depending on the year, you know, with Michigan State. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot harder to go into Ann Arbor than it is to go into Spartan Stadium just because you got you're missing forty thousand people. Um, Wisconsin's just one of those places, though, in the in football that it's very hard to win at. And I mean, it's one of the reasons why I and I will hold this. I claim this forever about that when me calling. The Alabama lost this year at uh, Texas A&M. That game was at Kyle Field, and I'm like, listen, Alabama's going to lose a game. It's not going to be a home game. It's going to be a road game. They're going to lose a game. And I wasn't sure which one it was, but I picked a random one. It was a random road game. But, again, it's a lot harder to win on the road than it is at home. And so, like, Wisconsin is just one of those teams. Like, look at this. This this is the end again. These are just projections, okay? So these could be nothing. But you got the only road game that 24-7 has um, Wisconsin winning is at Northwestern. That's it. And for all we know, Northwestern could win that game. So it's like a dead split, you know? And, like, because people kept saying that Michigan was an underdog to Wisconsin last year. You know, it went when they played that game, and I'm like, really? Like, really, you know? And there were a couple games that I actually ended up betting money on that Wisconsin was uh, was favored in. I think I think it was specifically the Iowa game where I took I took Wisconsin. I didn't. It was the only game I bet money on the whole season. But um, Wisconsin was was um, an underdog in that. Or uh, no, they were favored to Iowa. And I was like, really? What the fuck? Why? You know? And I thought I thought this was easy money. Iowa blew the game. Straight up. Just nothing. I remember that because I, I was confused by the spread too because it was like two, two and a half or something. May, may, may have even been longer, but I was like, those odds are weird for, uh, and Wis- for a top 25 Iowa. And Wisconsin's just a weird team where like any home game could be theirs. Any home yep. game. Like it doesn't matter how good – T- I mean, but even then, this year they got a cupcake schedule. Like these are the the um well and and again like the East teams they play they they play what Maryland, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So um like it's I guess it's actually not that not that much of a cupcake. They play Michigan State and Ohio State on the road, so that kind of sucks. And they play Iowa on the road. All their home games are easy, piece of cake. But See, with the um, Big Ten West too. Um- it, it, more than almost any other conference in, or more than almost any other division in the nation, home and road matters so much there. Like it you does, said, because yeah. there's not a big margin between a Minnesota and a Wisconsin. Nope. This, you know, it, where they are right now. So where they play really plays into what's going to happen at the end of the season. That's why you get teams like Northwestern winning the Big Ten West every once in a while. They get those good draws at home. It just, it's just kind of how the how it goes, I guess. So I just I want to know where you think or where you have Michigan State ending up. Okay, so this one uh, you mentioned before, we're Michigan State guys. We're in those neck of the woods, so I might get a little hate here, but I think uh, I think we see some growing pains next year. Um, now, in terms of the the program, I think the program will continue to trend up. I don't think it'll hurt recruiting at all, but I think you're looking at a nine and three or eight and four season, uh, mostly because I think the offense regresses a bit. Um, without Kenneth Walker, uh, I think this this offense kind of changes a bit, and Peyton, Peyton Thorne is going to be forced to develop quickly. He's got a year under his belt. He had flashes where he was really good. Uh, but in games where K-9 was banged up or hurt, things looked a little different. He looked like he had a little trouble. Um, the Ohio State one comes to mind. I know the Buckeyes are, you know, the Buckeyes are one of the best teams in the nation consistently, but 
you put up a crampy performance there. Um, Jaden Reed's coming back. I'm not too worried about the uh, receiving core. Um, Malik Carr's coming back. So, like, I think there are weapons, but without K-9, I just, I, I want to see how Jay Johnson does um, in terms of play calling. Now, where I could be proven completely wrong is the defensive side of the ball, just because they got so many nice, um, they got that linebacker out of uh, UNLV. They got a couple of nice big guys um, recruiting and in the portal. So if their defense takes a step forward and their offense takes a little step back, they could still be a 10-win team. I just think this season we are riding so high, I think it comes a little, I I think things get a little more realistic next year. That's That's just my opinion, I guess. Well, and like, and it was almost sort of a euphoria this year too, right? And I feel like a lot of people are on that bus where they're thinking like that Michigan State is not, like it's not realistic especially this early in the rebuild to assume that Mich- and they could do anything right like like with with the way that Mel Tucker is utilizing the transfer portal anything could happen I mean realistically right. speaking right like like Kenneth Walker's the only reason and that transfer portal is the only reason that Kenneth Walker was brought here and Kenneth Walker by virtue is the only reason why Michigan State went 11 and 2 I mean is the difference between an 11 and 2 team and a team that goes 7 and 5 I mean 7 and 6 because with the extra bowl game they could won that but 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 right like you're talking about a team that was 500 before the addition of one player and and I think you're right in saying too that Michigan State is going to have to lean on Peyton Thorne. I think really what worried me is that we didn't see a lot from him against Pittsburgh, right? Like like he wasn't great until the fourth quarter, until the final ten, and, ten minutes, right? And 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 that's one of those things where, that separates those great QBs from the QBs that are average because every beat writer that I see, right? Like Colton Pouncey love his coverage, right? He did this whole thing on Peyton Thorne. Graham couch has been is reveled in Peyton Thorne loves the dude. Right. Um, like we were talking to, um, the, uh, this was off the air, but we were talking to, uh, the co site expert at octopus thrower where you write, and um, what is it? Uh, Nate Brown was talking to me, and it was crazy conversation. Loved it. But we were talking about Peyton Thorne and how he knows uh, Peyton Thorne's dad because Peyton Thorne's dad was a – well, now was a D3 college coach. And this, I think, was back when he were he was at some high school or something or whatever. But he was talking to Peyton Thorne's dad when Peyton Thorne was a kid running around in the field. And so, like – so Peyton Thorne has like the smarts to be to get where he needs to go, right? But like, like why is it that you see players who were so good in college, like Kellen Moore? Let's bring up Kellen Moore, right? Like the dude's now an offensive coordinator for Dallas or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like there was never that execution to the next level. Like I need to see that jump right now you know because like that's kind of again what separates you from being great and 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 stuff like that so it's it worries me that he didn't do well until the end and did he fix the did he was he aware and acknowledge the problem at in the in the moment that's something that not a lot of not a lot of guys can do like yeah he did that and he corrected it he fixed it but i need to see the prep i need to see the the you need to do that you just need to to, to, to 
to be there. And I think that Peyton Thorne could be the difference between again like an eight and four and a ten and two. So yeah, he's he's going to be what what Michigan State rides or dies on. Um, exactly. If he ends up having a fantastic season and those flashes he illustrated throughout the entire season, he had flashes of excellence. If he can make that more consistent, this team definitely can be a, a ten, maybe even eleven win team. Um, but for now, I just. I don't know. It's hard to put my chips all in, I guess. I'll just say that. Yeah. And well, and especially, you know, based just based alone on, on Michigan State's schedule. Like, I think that three easy losses right off the bat, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, right off the bat. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I would move Michigan and Penn State into sort of in the middle territory. A little I was going to say, Penn, but, Penn State and Ohio or Penn State and Michigan are definitely beatable. I mean, so, on the road, Michigan's going to be tough, I guess, but Penn, it, Penn State also. It would well, it, and again, it would depend for me, right? Because like I thought the 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 extension that Franklin was given, I thought that that was questionable just because we know who James Franklin is. But he also has the track record. So maybe Penn State believes in him more than I do. Like, I would not have given James Franklin 10 years and $75 million, right? But but I would have given him an extension of any amount. Like, I would have given uh, him two, two sticks and a tadpole. I would have given him anything, you know? Just because, like... I don't know, you know. I don't know that Michigan and Mich- and and Penn State are kind of in that same spot where they're like, if I get rid of my coach, then who do I get after, you know? And so, like, I don't think that Penn State should have fired him because he did get them to like four straight, like New Year's Six bowls. But Penn State should have beaten Michigan State this year. So it's kind of a do you beat yourself sort of thing. And Pe- Michigan's kind of the same way, right? Like like if yeah. I'm a Michigan fan and I've talked about this with Griff too who is a Michigan fan, like if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm more upset that I'm like after I beat Ohio State, I'm more upset that I'm not beating my in-state rival. Like I'm not really as upset. Like you could put off put Ohio State on the back burner for now, but Michigan is like I mean M- Michigan State's like priority number 1 for them. And so I think that, like, it's, again, like, it's one of those things, like, is that enough to to do it? So that's kind of why, I guess, my thinking with, like, why I don't see Michigan State winning for a third year in a row. Like, I just don't think that right. Michigan can afford that. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah. be that would be DEFCON 1 for Michigan. No reason. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's on the road. It, it, it'll be a tough one for sure, but... I don't know, T- Tucker 2-0 and against Harbaugh. I like that propaganda. Yeah. And, and I think Harbaugh stays, but the there have been um, reports to the Raiders, obviously. Um, and then they he lost his defensive coordinator today. I thought right. that was interesting. I did. That well, was kind of fascinating. So it's just like you were mentioning earlier, it's just so far out. It's so hard to predict. At this point, this far out, we just have so much so much road or so much track left to go, I guess. Right. Well, and and to to Harbaugh's credit too, and and I'll give him credit. Like I think, and I've always said this, I think that he is much better as an NFL coach than he is as a college coach. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just he seems more comfortable with it, and just you've see, I mean, you've seen him again with what he did with the 49ers compared to what he did with like the 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 Cardinals in Michigan, and and you know, it's or well, the Cardinal. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, my bad. Stanford, sorry. Um, but you know, it's uh, 
it's just, again, like, I think that if he went to the Bears or if he went to the Raiders, like, I think that that would be a better fit than where he is now. I think there would be less pressure on him. And I don't know. Maybe he succeeds and stays in place for a while. Um, Yeah. It's, again, we got, we got a long way to go. A long, long way to go. But I did want to mention one thing real quick. Because Griff and I have talked about Big Ten realignment for a while. Okay, and nobody was a fan of the legends and leaders, right, when they tried to realign that garbage. Um, Would you be open to no divisions? No divisions, right? Because no, because think about it, and I'm going to persuade you right off the bat, all right? So divisions exist, right, for not necessarily for, like, like standing-wise. Like, it's not to compete, right? Like, nobody gives a shit. If, like, who plays in the finals, I guess, in college. It's for competitiveness, isn't it? Because, like, you you don't want the same teams playing every every year, you know? Or, well, you do with the, with, the, with the nature of college and rivalries and stuff like that. But what if there was a system, and, I, and I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. There was an, uh, an article in The Athletic. I don't know if you saw this today. It was just, just today. But... Um, they're, uh, the big 10 currently has a nine game conference schedule that includes three cross division games, right? So like Michigan state, for example, played Northwestern. Um, who else did they play? Northwestern. Did they play Minnesota? No. Purdue and Nebraska, right? Yeah. Purdue and Nebraska. Yep. Those were their three cross. Um, and then the rest of them, they just play the East. Uh, the Big Ten has discussed dropping to eight games in 2023 so they can create matchups with the Pac-12 and the ACC, which with they have created sort of they, – they're framing it as the alliance. You know, we got the a alliance name. against the SEC. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so so what the, the interesting part, though, is that now there are discussions about the Big Ten ending divisional play. So, basically, in this situation, what you would have is you would have every school would play three annual opponents, okay? Like, just that is normal, right? So, for Michigan State, for example, I would imagine that it would be Penn State, Michigan, and Indiana. I would imagine those would be, I I mean, the third one you could kind of give or take. But I'm pretty sure that Indiana has more history there. Anyway, so you'd have you'd have three three opponents every year, but then you'd cycle through the rest of them, the other ten, every other year. So like you'd play um, some uh, what is it? Two years on, two years off. So every two years you'd switch opponents. It, 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 I guess it would add some consistency. So would you be open to that? Would that be would that be better? Would that not be better than our current system and take the top two from the standings and just have them play in the finals? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I the Big Ten West is a joke. Um, let's all be real with ourselves. It's it's put MSU, put Penn State, put Michigan, put Ohio State. Those four teams consistently would win that. Wisconsin would give them a run for their money every once in a while. But I mean, let's be real. The East is significantly better, and it's just it's such a disproportion, disproportionate amount of of talent just in one area. Um, and, and I like the idea of no divisions because once you try and realign things, you, you risk the, th- you risk 
something happening down the line where let's say Minnesota becomes a powerhouse and then Michigan State fades. So then there's more imbalance. Just make it no divisions. That that's all you got to do. No divisions. Um, build build in those games against rivals like Michigan State would be uh, Penn State, Indiana, and, and Michigan, and probably uh, Ohio State's not technically a rival. But if we're doing just three games, those are three technically MSU's rivals. So build in build in those those games that are consistent. Have them cycle through the rest, and then we have more parity in the conference. It's just I, I don't know. To me, that's how you do it. And it should be that way right now. Yeah, because I mean you're you're right. It's not competitive. And like like would would you have wanted to see? I would have watched any game pitting Michigan against any other Big East or Big Ten East team than I would have yeah. seen them against Iowa. I mean, yeah, you absolutely. know, like that was just garbage. That was terrible. Can you imagine Michigan and Ohio State in a Big Ten title game? That would have been great. I mean, that would have sucked. Insane. That would have and. So the interesting thing, though, too, is that now fans bring up because and, – and this goes into the tradition with the Michigan whole thing. And I know that both of us are kind of MSU guys, right? But, like, people people get stuck on this thing that where the last game of the, of the regular season must be the end-all, be-all, right? Like – and and I hate this, and I think that everyone needs to get away from it, right? Because like you and 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 this year was a perfect example, okay? So Georgia and Alabama play each other in the SEC title game. All right, they don't play at all. They're not in the same division. They don't play at all during the regular season. But they go into the SEC ch- title game, and Alabama wins. But at, but Georgia, damn good team. Right, we know that they're a damn good team. They compete with every other team. They could beat any other team. All right, you put them in the college football playoff. They get to the finals. They play Alabama again. Who comes out on top? It's Georgia. You play that game 10, 10 times. Alabama wins five. Georgia wins five. Like that's just how even it looked. Right, like you, it would just just based on the context of everything. But you have these people, especially people who are who are just so distraught and ingrained with Michigan's history. You have a lot of people who are very much caught on the idea that, like, if we somehow got rid of that system, say there's a say there's a situation down the line where like Michigan and Ohio State, which tends to be the case because they're both insanely historic programs who have in just just so much recruiting power and you're gonna have a system where michigan wins the big 10 title game but ohio state ends up or or, uh i'm sorry michigan wins the regular season matchup but ohio state wins the big 10 and like that almost to them makes the regular season irrelevant you know and i'm like yeah, but no, like you know, like I would argue that bowl season is the playoffs, and especially when it expands because it will expand, has already made the play the the regular season more relevant. It, uh, it it just brings more meaning to a game. I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, like that's a possible Big Twelve matchup, and their fans wouldn't complain about that. That would ju- that would be stellar no. to view. I do get we I have heard that argument, but I just think the way college football is heading, um traditions are has it mattered has it ever mattered anyway 
You know, like you got games in December that I'm like watching and I'm like, what if we turned half those bowl games into playoffs? You know, like what if we turned those games from exhibition matchups to something, you know, like watching a bowl game is like hitting play now on Madden. Like I'm not interested in doing that, you know. Yeah, especially in 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 bowls like the Cheez It Bowl <laughs> and those, it's 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 gotten a bit ridiculous. I do like bowl season. I'm definitely pro lots of bowls, but um, I mean, in terms fun. of the traditionalist argument, I th- I just think that bowls have already done away with the regular season uh, more than more than any other change to anything could do. Uh, yeah, and right, and again, like the like you mentioned, the things changing. You got NIL coming in here, so like yeah. Um, all right. All right, Alex. So we got, we got something that we do here at take this every week. All right. So we have big, uh, it's called, it's called who you got, who you got. Let me see if I do I have a graphic on screen. Let me do that. I'm doing it all live, all live. Here we go. There you go. Who, who you got? got right up on the screen. All right. Um, Let's play a song. Never mind. Let's not play a song. Let's uh, let's just keep it going. Let's keep it going. Anyway, we got who you got. All right, so we got to pick the matchups from the NFL happening this season or this weekend, I should say, weekend. <laughs> um, so, again, this, this past weekend we had what? Uh, Kansas City and the Bills. Kansas City uh, went ahead and won. It was big, big, big uh, – thing um i want to let everyone know off the top that off the top of the bat though i did ask griff who he has in the um you know in the finals and uh it's you know he picked the obvious answers but i'm behind him so i gotta catch up so i'm picking opposite him for one um but uh so the first game we have here is the nfc championship game between the 49ers and the rams alex who you got so the 49ers are arguably the hottest team in football right now. Um, after a rough start to the year because of injuries and all that sorts, they are really just kind of propelling their way to, to a fantastic postseason run. Here's the thing. Um, what we've seen from this playoff so far, uh, otherwise than otherwise than Rodgers' early departure, is that quarterback play matters. Quarterback play matters a lot. And... I just saw the 49ers kind of use Debo Samuel and some good defense to win in Lambeau. And then I just saw Stafford throw some dimes and, and just kind of take over a game and win it. I actually think the Rams take care of business in SoFi. I think the Rams get this done and the Rams make the Super Bowl. I think they get the W here. That is, you know, that is, I think I'm honestly on the, whoops, I'm making you bigger. Um, I think I'm on the, you know, I'm on the same page here, you know, cause my issue has always been that like, I didn't believe in the 49ers to begin with. And I, and I, and maybe they proved me wrong. Who knows? Right. But cause I did, I have not picked the 49ers to win a single game and here they are in the NFC title, <laughs> but still, um, I mean, it's Stafford again, like you put, if you would have put the Buccaneers here, I got the bucks. If you put the Rams here. I got the Rams. If you put the Bills here, I mean, obviously you wouldn't, but if you put the Bills here, I got the Anyone could beat the 49ers. The Cowboys could some, I guess, unless it's the playoffs. Never mind. Um, so, you know, but, 
Yeah, it's it's tough to pick. It would be it would be ballsy. It would be bold, very bold to pick the uh, to pick to end up picking the 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 49ers here. So I got to pick the Rams. What Griff go with? Um, Griff went with the Rams. Obviously, he nice. uh, you know he it's and it's tough and it kind of leads into my next uh you know um next ordeal here because what do we got we got the Bengals and we have the chiefs now again griff and i are like neck and neck and and it sucks too because because we were keeping track and i what for the longest time was in the lead i don't think that i have ever given up the lead but um well, especially with the with the pick, the big pick where I picked Alabama to win that game. I mean, I picked Texas A&M to beat Alabama, I should say. And there was another big pick that got me like a lot of points. I can't remember. Anyway, I just was making just bold pick after bold pick. But that's why I don't bet money on these things because I end up just taking the underdog like every time. And it never, it you know, the underdog only works out a certain amount of times. Um, but this time we got the Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, so I had to pick against Griff for this one. Uh, so who do you got? I'm gonna. So last week I predicted the Titans to beat the Bengals um, because my thought process was with that offensive line, the Bengals could not get anything done. Burrow would be ran around the field, mistakes would be made, and eventually Titans would come up on top. What I failed to realize was that Ryan Tan- Tannehill is a terrible quarterback. This week, he's going to be dueling, or this week, Joe Burrow has to duel against Patrick Mahomes. I think this roster is the weakest current in the in uh, the playoffs remaining. Uh, I th- I love Joe Burrow, I love Jamar Chase, but in terms of, of makeup of the team, I think it's I think it's the worst that's left. Uh, Kansas City is hot right now; they're riding off a crazy victory at home. I'll take the Chiefs by a lot here. Actually, I think the Chiefs. They're going to take care of business easily. So, yeah. Um, I just realized I was muted. Well, you know, again, like I would love to – I would love to have the um, the the privilege to pick the Chiefs. I would love to, 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 to have that. But I don't. Um, let's move me. How do I nah, – I can't pick things up with this stupid thing. Anyway, you know, producing your own show that you're hosting, not uh, not, not easy. Not easy to do. Um, but anyway, so um, so I got to pick the Bengals, all right? Now, here's a couple, one reason only. Joe motherfucking Burrow. Dude is wild. We love him. Great guy. 10 out of 10. Do I think this is going to be the, one of the greatest upsets in NFL history? I think that Joe Burrow's just the guy. And I'm lo- loving the Cincinnati vibes, too, because I didn't realize, you know, Cincinnati before before last weekend had not won a playoff game since 1991. And I don't think it stops here. I think that Joe Burrow's going to pass it on. Joe Burrow to the Super Bowl. That is where I am right now, and I just gotta win. So I just gotta win, cause if I if I if if I pick the Chiefs to win this game, this is kind of where it gets finicky. But if I were to pick the Chiefs, I would be giving myself the L right here, cause I gotta get I gotta get two two more two more correct. You gotta so, ride ride and die, and Joey be there. I, I I don't blame you. So yeah, it's a it's a tough season, but um you know, 
It's uh, that's just that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Alex. That was who you got. Anyway, so friends and family, we have a lot more. To, well, not really a lot more to talk about, but we got Michigan State hockey. Lots, uh, lots to talk about. Uh, Michigan State is having a great, uh, well. An okay season. An okay season. We are here to talk about it with Clay Snowden in just a moment. But um, before we get to that, um, we're going to take a quick break. It's going to be very exciting. Very, very actually thrilling, to be honest. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And after that, we will see you in just a moment. Told you what to chase, told you how to run the race. Every move was on the page, but I didn't like their way. Had to fight and misbehave, had to find a way to change, had to leave to find my way. Caught up in a daydream, I be in my mind up there almost daily. It's how I pass time, no opinions safely. It's how I understand what I want in this place. Cause everybody wanna tell you bad things. What could go wrong? What fame brings, but success is a finicky thing. And if you ain't sure, no, it'll never be. I don't wanna let myself down myself. I just wanna stay bad, 
that stay mad chip on my shoulder cause they treat me like an outcast I ain't gonna take that stay back I'll be swinging on till the hits come in all caps I ain't gonna lay back pray that someone's gonna help me ain't nobody like that I ain't gonna wait that's all fact give me one shot and I'll never get the thrown back I'm sick of being cautious I'ma go cause something can't stop this I'ma steal everybody's lane call it shoplift sick of hearing everyone complain when they thought of this the pain it's like candy canes it makes me go change into a better frame into a better name society's insane we all live for fame Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Take This. Uh, this is a podcast that I am hosting um, just very poorly today. Very, um, very interesting, uh, very interesting stuff um, just to, you know, just discuss. So anyway, we got to talk about MSU hockey. It's very it's very weird that that Clay is still in the in the waiting room. So I'm going to bring him into the here he is. There he is. There he is. My What's goodness. On, what a time. What's up Clay? How okay? are you? I I can hear you um I can hear you all right. Okay. Well, I'm sitting here with my uh Blackhawks Oh no! Why? What are you doing? Come on! The the Blackhawks are currently up four to nothing at the end of the first period against your Detroit Red Wings. So I decided Not. to throw this bad boy on. No, I delete, delete. No, no. you can't do that to me. Steals Alex to bring it from you. You know what? That's what I hope. I I hope your franchise is cursed. <laughs> oh, you know that was that was unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> That's what that was. That was terrible. Hey, you know, I I was sitting here and I was I was listening to everything that you all were saying before, and I was just like catching myself wanting to jump in on like all of this stuff. I was so gung ho, and I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan, so I am hurting uh, quite a Dude, bit. Dude, that sucks. The amount of emotions I experienced during that game was so unhealthy i honestly like, oh i'm not even i have no allegiance to either team and the amount of emotions like i dude i was sitting out here i was like i wonder i and this doesn't happen very often but i was like i wonder what the um uh what's it called the um the 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 you know how you can go to espn and it'll show you like the chance that every team had to win like because the only sport that i ever usually give a shit about that in is baseball because it changes all the goddamn time, yeah. you know, it, every time. It's just something different, right? 
because you could make a game from 4-4 to like 8-4 in like matter of moments. But um but yeah, I god, that was like Bills need to be resuscitated after that. That was that was rough. Yeah, yeah. and it, if you don't mind, I just want to throw in a little bit about a few different topics. A yeah, few go takes ahead. of go mine, ahead. not takes just stances, I guess. Michigan State football drops a little bit this year, a little bit of a dip in production. Lo- losing Walker, I think they're going to take a slight step back, slingshot forward 2023. Overtime rules complete trash. Um, imagine going into a job interview and they call you back and say, we're going to have another job interview. It's between you and somebody else. The other person goes first and then they come out and say, go home. You don't even get your shot. Um, I feel like that's how it happens sometimes. The game was not decided because of the overtime. The bills did not lose because of overtime rules. They lost because of coaching and not squibbing with 13 seconds left or even defense. I, yeah, Um, just the fact Other that they even that, touched that back. The last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was the conference restructure. I say screw all of it. Screw all of the conferences. Power five <laughs> plays power five. You could literally draw names out of a hat 12 games and just play power five. I don't care. How cool would it be to see Arizona State play um, Mississippi State on a ra- random Saturday instead instead of you know New Mexico playing Alabama or something like that. Yeah. Power Five plays Power Five. Give it of all conferences. It will never happen, but it would be surely. I mean, very entertaining. That's all That's I got. Sorry to take up an extra three or four minutes there. I'm hoping the Super Conference kind of allows that to happen a bit, like where they start like Pac-12 teams and Big Twelve. That would be so fun. If yeah, like you were saying. Imagine MSU just going to like Stanford or just going to yeah. Oregon State. That would be so fun. Just consistently having those fun games. Are you kidding me? That oh, it's free money too. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, I can just think of waking up on a Saturday morning instead of some trash noon game on <laughs> SEC Network. We're looking at um arkansas versus illinois like it's just weird it doesn't happen much like we actually get to see some talents up against each other um i don't know i think it would be cool right and i think too like i mean that's what kind of what happened with like college basketball right well they put all their chips into into like march madness right but like you know but we've we've always had those like those games where it's like you know, like Michigan State at the beginning of the year played like Kansas. You know, and I thought that was cool. I mean, Michigan State's kind of a power, right? And like, you know, and there are teams in like, you know, Division One football that do the same thing. Like, uh, like Al- uh, well, I, not Alabama so much. So, because um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff with the that. The SEC but does not play. No, I was just gonna um, say that was a bad example. Um, Oregon is a better example, yeah. or like Ohio State. Yeah is a better example. Like Ohio state is constantly out here with the, with their non-conference games. Like one of them like matters just one. I mean, at least one of them, you know, you got teams like Michigan out here with, with the next like three years of, of non-conference games. They're out here playing like, you know, not, you know, not, not a ton of FCS schools, but like not power five, Mac. you know, That's like what they you got have Mac to do. teams. If you're a program that wants to prove yourself or take yourself to the next level, the first step, is to beat teams that people care about. What did Cincinnati do? They scheduled Notre Dame, Indiana. Now I know Indiana was down. But um, But Indiana wasn't before. We're ready to prove ourselves. We don't want the conference 
label of competition anymore. We're ready to take that next level. They did it. Um, other programs should as well, especially if you're like in Illinois, schedule a Kentucky or somebody else who you can say, this is, you know, not a big powerhouse or anything, but here's another power five conference win, which helps their re- resume at the end of the year. But uh, sorry, sorry to go on a tangent there. That's, I mean, that's all right. That's all right. You, you know, you've been waiting, probably holding. I could not hold that in. I don't know how you did. Um. So, uh. Anyway, we got MSU hockey to talk about, and just for the record, all right. And and I had, I think I had both of you on at one point, right? We had Alex. Were you on Take This at one point? Yes, you were. And then Clay, I was on your podcast. That's what it was. So I, I was talking, I was talking to Alex about uh, MSU hockey at, at one point. Well, and the Red Wings. Um, Griff and I had done that, had done that show. And then uh, Clay has a podcast, MSU Hockey Hub, right? If if you want to go to what is it, Twitter, it's MSU underscore H underscore H. Um, you know, very, links, all that will be in the description, just in case anyone needs to find it. Um, but uh, so so just again, just to refresh everyone real quick, because this will be a, a, an individual clip. But um, but uh, Alex is a writer who covers MSU hockey at the State News, and uh, Clay is a um, uh, he covers Twitter MSU hockey. Owner. Yeah, the Twitter account <laughs> owner of the Michigan State Hockey Hub. Uh, so he it is right- a great Twitter account though. So. <laughs> It's it's it's, it's good. It's good because you don't get a lot of college hockey coverage, especially in teams with teams that are not notoriously like juggernauts, right? So like, um, you know, and I know that Michigan State was good in like, you know, the early two thousands, and 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 even went to the tournament in twenty twelve. But that's not something that you would not consider Michigan State hockey to be like top line, right? Like, like it's not like not basketball, a BU, not a BU or a Michigan. Right, or or even a Western Michigan who was showing some some uh, like Western Michigan has some good coverage too with the um something Herald I can't remember but anyway that's besides the point so um so we got good stuff this would be a very I just wanted to say this would be a very different conversation that we would be having if this was two months ago this conversation about Michigan State hockey would be very different when because the first game and I just got sort of in thrown into the the hockey stuff. But when I started covering them, uh, this was like this year because um, I had I had been doing some stuff for fan sided and I was like kind of kind of over that you know hump and I had just made the transition from like music to sports and um, I was mostly like just really interested in what Michigan State had but I didn't want to get stuck with like the 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 overwhelming nature that basketball can have or like football can have and so i picked a smaller sport and hockey i've always been like interested in and michigan state's kind of actually been on kind of the upswing like the trajectory this year from last year was pretty good and um you know even as as hopeless as it sounds but um i was really hopeful i think especially with like mitchell lewandowski being like as good as he's been and stuff like that um, but then the Great Lakes Invitational hits, you know, they play a bit, a better team in like, you know, in Western Michigan. And, 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 and even though like there were, there were chances that they could have had to win that game. Uh, they, they didn't pull through. They ended up pulling through against Michigan tech who, I don't know what, what that was. Michigan tech fans are something very much something. Um, but then, then, then 2022 comes and they got Minnesota who they play. And I'm just like, what is this? 
you know, not uh, not looking good. But Lewandowski's out, so Lewandowski gets injured, who had already been injured, and so you kind of get this whiplash of this team who's going from like. Now, I don't want to say that they could have won, won the Big Ten, but they could have finished fourth, maybe. You know, that was like their ceiling this year. And now, eh, what do you what do you got? Like fifth at best? They were just in fifth. So, like the whip – sorry, I accidentally went to you. Um, <laughs> the whiplash. The whiplash from, uh, you know, just from something that was so high potential – it just kind of just kind of sucks, right? Yeah. So, excuse me. I had both of you all on my podcast during the span where Michigan State was playing well. They were not dominating, but they were performing at a better rate than they were the previous year. And I said it to both of you all. I've said it over and over again. Okay, that's great. They have this break coming up. They have two legit hockey programs that they have to play. And then they have the the real thick of the schedule um you know those teams that are ahead of them or excuse me that were on their schedule in january it was all big 10 from here on out this is where you show if you're legit or not and they simply have shown that they're not legit um those games in the gli i was still holding out hope um i actually met brad on the concourse before and we were talking about them and um, that first game against Western Michigan, they held in there, and that's a good team. So I was like, okay. And then they beat um, Michigan Tech in OT. And then they just come out to Minnesota, and, I mean, they blow a 3-1 lead at one point, give up, I think, five straight goals or four straight goals or something. I mean, just looked terrible. And at this point, um, and I would never, especially me being on the outside not being around these, I'm not going to question anyone's determination or effort um, or not, but I mean, just from their play, it looks at times that it's just, I wouldn't use the word lazy, but just kind of unorganized or maybe not totally focused. Um, they There's just too many times during a game, you know, you play 60 minutes and they seem to think that you play 30, 35 <laughs> min- minutes some nights and it's getting hard, you know. Th- this is year five of Coach Cole, and he has a well below five hundred average across his coaching career. Tom Anastas was brought in, was given six years, and um, you know it's been five years since Anastas left. And really, has this program changed the trajectory at all? And if you ask me, I would say no, not right now. It takes longer to recruit and kind of turn a team around, but. Um, the talent they, uh, or excuse me, Cole's brought in has not been a lot of the goal scorers. Um, you know, Lou Lewandowski was an Anastas guy, and um, so was De- Dennis Sazana. And um, it's just kind of looking to me, okay, where do you go from here? I mean, the, this team, I mean, the season's more or less lost at this point. Um, but do we have much to build on going forward? Um, you know, the recruits, I follow it a little bit. It's really hard, hard to follow. There's a couple that you could say, okay, this guy has some skills, some offense, but I would not say that there's a ton of thrill going forward with what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. You bring up the point about Cole, too, and, like, it's something that I've, like – pondered but again like i kind of just got thrown into this right so like 
I don't want to be the guy that's going to be like, dude, should you be fired? You know, like, I don't want to, you know, like, because it's easier to have that opinion, too, when you're like, you know, when you're frustrated. Like, that's something that you say when you're like at your wits end. You know, like it, I didn't even say stuff like that about about, you know, relating to the Lions about Matt Patricia until like, I mean, I I mean, I don't know. You could tell from the beginning that this dude was in over his head. But in, in a sport that is a lot less coverage, you're going to see like it's it's a lot easier to be patient, you know, because you're, you're kind of given you're not given the benefit of the doubt. Right. Or or you're given sure. you. You should be given the benefit of the doubt, I should say. Um you know, because Michigan State, again, it's not that juggernaut school that you're going to see at, like, Michigan or, you know, in, like, football. If you got, like, you just saw, like, LSU fire their coach. You know, it's not like this isn't that, you know, after, like, the first year. But, again, like like you mentioned the patterns there, right? Like, Michigan State had a, had a coach for six years and then got rid of him because he, he was not giving Michigan State what they needed to get. And then – you know, so again, like it's like it's like how, sometimes how I track video game releases. Like this is when this publisher usually does this. You know, this is the pattern. This is the, you know, this is kind of that deadline. This is what you got to get to. And so, um, like it's it's I guess it's just it's it's starting to get a little bit frustrating when you when you look at the history and you like and someone may ask like why is this guy still like, you know, is he on the hot seat? You know. Yeah, and just a couple of things to consider. First off, I am not one of those let's fire everybody guy. I'm not even saying to fire Cole. I'm just saying these are questions that are generating in my head of, okay, well, you know, just taking a 10,000-foot view. The only person I've ever wanted fired in my life was Rex Ryan from the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) Um, And that's just for obvious reasons. Rex Ryan is just a very difficult human being, and uh, I won't go into that, but – so one thing to consider, when Coach Cole was hired five years ago, that was a different athletic director. We have a new athletic director in Michigan State now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? He hasn't been able to show patterns. He's brand new. Maybe he has a short leash. Maybe he has That's a long fair. leash. Maybe he puts a lot more focus on hockey. Maybe he brings some back, if that's even possible. Um, there's just too many unknowns, and we haven't had time to kind of see trends yet. I would imagine that they stick with Cole. Um College hockey, you know, a lot of these big programs, like when Red retired from Michigan, they immediately got Mel, and he's like a top-notch coach. Um, Michigan State's kind of had this, let's go after these guys who, you know, with Anastas and Cole played on the 86 championship team, see if they can bring some spark. I think Cole is a better coach than Tom Anastas. And what Danton Cole has also brought, um, that should not go – unnoticed here is the facilities he was the one in charge of kind of getting all that together um raising the money and that should theoretically help with with recruiting um but you know that to me this team it's more than just the x's and o's of the coach which i think bad x's and o's will get you fired quicker than recruiting in my opinion um because you need time to see and I don't even think it's as much as just bad X's and O's. The talent is just, you know, when you look at these other line charts, you know, Minnesota, everyone that you play in the Big Ten, they put them out and what's to the right of each player's name, their NHL draft affiliate. And you look at Michigan State's, 
and you see Calgary Flames with Mitchell Matthews in and out of the lineup, and Josh Nodler, who started hot and recently has taken a setback, fifth-round pick, not exactly a projected um, NHL. You just don't see a lot of that talent um, that evaluators – in the NHL who draft players have selected. So it's not that they don't have talented players. It's just, you can't have a team full of bottom six guys. And that's kind of what Michigan state has looked like more often than not. Um, Lewandowski being out is really just showing in every facet. And, you know, he's gone after this year, he was kind of the super senior COVID senior guy. So um, Drew DeRitter's gone. It, it's going to be tough. Um, and that's one of those things that I'm thinking, okay, two of your best players are gone next year. Sure, others will grow, but you're relying a lot this year. I mean, they're good because of those two players and a few others. Sasana will be gone as well. The Kriegers gone as well. Um, so that's when you really got to ask yourself, okay, what's this team going to look like next year? And if this is another just dumpster fire how many years in a row can you put that? I mean, it's not even against Cole. I'm just take his name out of the hat and just say a coach hasn't really produced at the level you want for six straight years in a program that, you know, hockey's not making a ton of money. You can't afford to just let it, the fans that it does have, you cannot afford to let them kind of fall by the wayside because it's, you know, the fans are loyal. It's not like basketball where you get a bunch of kind of people who tune in some here and there and um, whatnot, you know, these are loyal fans. And if you start to lose those, then that's when you're really in trouble. Michigan state too, had sold a lot of tickets for that Ohio state game. That was on a Mm -hmm. six game slide. So, you know, you want to talk about loyalty. Like that is something I noticed. I hear it all the time from people on Twitter. You know, people are starving for Michigan state hockey to get back. Um, it would just it's make it like so much nostalgic. more exciting because you got that big rivalry. But, like, how many mm-hmm. states can say that they got that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got two big-name programs, like, with national with a national brand, right? Like Mich- And I'm not talking about, like, Michigan State, like, hockey being a national brand. But you got, like, Michigan State, just athletics is a national brand, right? And you got Michigan, a national brand, um, one of the biggest college brands. And you have, well, actually, I would say the biggest fan base. But anyway, anyway, you got these two teams, right, who compete every year in hockey. And they play a game in Detroit where hockey is one of the biggest sports in the market. Like, you got people who are asking for hockey talk on the radio. I'm like, that does not happen in any other any other city you know they'll and you know and but you know talking about hockey is like a a a death shot a gun wound you know like i you know anywhere just because it's nobody cares you know but in detroit like that's that matters to people and like it just would it would do so much you know is when like both these teams would be good like they just do so much um so it's starving almost um, you know, I mean, Minnesota, what, like Minnesota against Duluth, Minnesota, like that would be fun to watch. Like that would be great to watch, but like, I don't know who the fuck Minnesota Duluth is. I don't know where it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just it's don't, I, you know, well, I don't know. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> <something>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But like, but like, 
I've never heard of this school. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. if you showed me a map of Minnesota, I might as well just throw a dart at it and say that's where Duluth is. I don't know. I'm sure that right. Do I don't know, know where that is. Where Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry that I, yeah. I I didn't take a geography class. I think uh, I think this this uh, uh, next season is really going to be sink or swim for um, Dan Cole. This year, I, I, like I think a lot of coaches, especially in a in a sport that doesn't get as much attention like a hockey, I think they're going to give them some COVID leeway. Um, just kind of inherently, they're just going to do that. But um, losing those two essential guys, or not even two, uh, the Krieger brothers, Sasana, DeRitter, Lewandowski, it's going to have to be freshmen and recruits next year. And if he dips into the portal. Um, so... It, next year is really going to say, "Hey, these are your guys. You have the fre- you have David Gucciardi, you have Tanner Kelly, um, who's the freshman? I'm forgetting. There's one other freshman who's done. Um, oh, Tucker. Just, yeah, Tucker. Just yeah, Tucker, you have yeah. a you have a, you have a couple of freshmen, but can they carry a team? Uh, like I, I I have questions about that. So I think I think this year, um, well odd, well disappointing. I don't think this will make or break it. I think it's next year. I think it's next year when you have all your your guys. You can dip into the portal." Um, we, like you were mentioning with a new athletic director, we're going to kind of see what direction he kind of goes with uh, hockey because he got them the new facilities. Uh, like certain things about the program look to be trending up, but I think in the end, it's just going to be next year. We're going to see w- what goes on with coaching. So, you know, and I, I wanted to talk real quick about uh, Gucciardi. A lot of, a lot of people apparently, well, you know, it, the interesting thing to me is that what so the you got three freshmen right mainly right and 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 two of them are 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 forwards and one of them is Gucciardi which you know defenseman so the the interesting thing to me is that and, and and Alex I think you brought this up to me and I didn't really like notice it until until like really I started watching but Michigan State doesn't have like any like they're not creative they don't get like that creativity you know like when 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 David Gucciardi, I and I almost I swear to you, I jumped up so fast at this. But when David Gucciardi scored that game winning goal in OT against Michigan Tech, like I was like, that is the most creative thing I think I've seen them do all year. You know, just just because it was, I mean, it was in overtime. It was three and three, like you you know, stuff like that. But with Gucciardi, like I feel like that. I mean, he's just been a guy that's been just kind of like a spark if anything if the team has one without Lewandowski you know I mean Mindorf's been good and and other stuff like that but Gucciardi's been kind of the guy that like I've just been kind of watching because well because I think it wasn't what it was for me that really like what really set that up was when he did the backwards pass the other game I think it was against Ohio State right um like I don't know if you guys caught that where he um was what did he do he he like he did, maintained he was he maintained um offensive zone possession and kind of flipped it over he did a little spin right. I, I know exactly what you're talking about he, he he was in the offensive zone did a little flip and passed it around to the point at the left and then he kind of moved in and shot at the other guy did and that was a very clever move that was a nice thing right and and it was just just stupid little stuff like that is just something that like can like it's not something that's gonna win you games, you know, but it's something that is very um, like it's an it's something nice to see, especially when you like you mentioned, like you're gonna see this team like rely a lot more on 
they're they're guys that are just like they're young you know they're young they're inexperienced you know you're gonna see a lot more reliance on that you know um have you guys seen like any sort of um like anything through like i know the portal's an option but through with recruiting like anything that is just kind of jumps off the page so they did land a recruit i think it's 2024 if and in terms of michigan state hockey recruiting um jeremy dewar does the best job of anyone following that and if you ever go to his twitter page it's like jer bear i think um he actually has a spreadsheet that he updates and when the players are coming which year who's committed all that stuff so that that's a very um good resource for those of you who want to follow but christian um kim not christian kirk that's the wide receiver for the cardinals christian (laughs) kim committed and he does have offensive upside and he had i think 97 points in like 49 games or something crazy like that um that's a guy who caught my eye and jeremy when i talked to him about it um really had had high praises for him but again you know it's so hard to project and it takes kids a while to transition once they come in as a freshman um but really you have to start recruiting more offense too often if you look at these recruiting classes and you research the person's name on elite prospects you pull up you know they play 25 games and have six points and that's not you know, there's definitely room on a roster for players like that. You just can't fill up the entire roster like that. Um, a lot of these top talents, my biggest issue with recruiting is the local kids are going elsewhere. Um, they're filtering to Michigan. They're filtering to Wisconsin. Or um, We really are not pulling a lot of Michigan kids who are kind of at the top of, of the um, recruiting classes from there. And um, I really don't know what the answer is. Hopefully, you know, better facilities help. Well, um, it, you know, all it, like Western are... Michigan being like this this season. I mean, because what this is a surprise for them. That's probably not going to help Michigan State's case. Yeah, and you know they're a pretty good program overall. But um, you can put it's kind of like you know if you have a um, if you have a Porsche and you have the nicest rims and the freshest paint job and all these aftermarket things. Um, that's kind of the facilities and kind of the you know, promoting the school. Um, winning is the engine. You have to to win. Not a lot of talented players are going to say, okay, I'm going to go to insert mediocre program um, or below average program. Um, they're going to go to teams that win. So, yeah, the facilities help and all that, you know, jazz helps. But when it all comes down to it, players want to play for the top programs. If you look across – the NHL draft in the first round or two players who are playing in college. It's not often that someone gets drafted from a college. That's not very good. It seems like it's always kind of top tier programs because that's where the talent kind of levitates towards. So um, Michigan state has a, a lot to figure out. I don't know what the answer is. I'm glad that I'm not the one making the decisions, Um, but it all, it all, boils back down to the talent on the ice and they do have some talented players some skilled players jesse tucker i think's a playmaker not really much of a scorer yet i think he'll develop into that we saw tanner kelly with the redirection goal that kid has skill um he's gonna have to settle in tiernan shouty is coming in next year and um he'll be a freshman he played with tanner kelly on the same line 
and juniors. I wonder if they try to match those two up again and see if they can't um, recreate some magic because Ke- Kelly put up some points in junior. So, um, but yeah, it's really just the amount that they're losing. Now, there's a famous quote, right? From I think it was a Michigan State basketball coach or Jed Jed Heathco. Um, the good news is we have everyone back. The bad news is we have everybody back. And that's kind of the thing I look at with, oh, man, I wish a lot of these seniors could come back. But at the same time, like there are certain seniors that I think it's time for them to kind of move on and see if we can't. Um, you know, they, they've kind of proven what they are and the program isn't taking off with where they are right now. You know, um, I, I I think the D-line or the, the defense getting some new players in there um, just, just to see what it could look like could help. You just touched on it right there. Um, the defense uh, kind of reloading there and um, being able to update. Like like uh, David Gucciardi, for example. I've, I've talked about him all year. I think he has the most raw talent on the team. In fact, I think he could be drafted in this year's draft. He has really good really good hands for a defenseman, really soft hands. Um, he is a quick skater, uh, makes intelligent kind of crafty decisions, tries to do a little too much on his own sometimes. But I think that's the kind of guy, if you groom him for a role as a top defenseman, he's going to look really good by the time he's a junior or a senior. So I think that's really key is next year. Like I was saying, kind of you get some of those those rookies you were talking about, some of those young guys, and slot them in, kind of see the seniors out. Um, Dan Cole likes his guys to be hard, gritty, like experienced guys, and that's why he relies so much on seniors it's going to be refreshing to see kind of a new team and kind of a new face of the team. I, I don't know. That's the main storyline I'm going to be keeping an eye on next year. Interesting. I like it. I love, I just love to see it. Great to get some hockey talk in. Um, I really wanted to pivot real quick, real quick, just for a quick moment. Um, Cause uh, 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 Alex and I were out here uh, t- doing our Super Bowl, you know, projections and everything. Um, I know that, you know, Alex, you would, you know, said Chiefs and uh, Rams. Is that right? In the Super Bowl. Um, who do you think is going to win? Alex. Me? No, no, Alex. Oh, I was Alex say. first. We never went to our Super Bowl predictions. Oh. oh. This is Man. way, way pivot, way pivot. Oh. You know what? I'll go with Stafford. I'll go with Stafford. I'll go with Maddie. I okay, think Maddie perfect. gets it done. Okay. Let's go Rams. That's great. Um, okay, so we didn't again. We didn't touch this with uh, with Clay at all. But uh, who do you got making the Super Bowl and who's gonna win it? Sure, I'll give you. Uh, I'll try to make this brief. Um, Chiefs. From what I saw from that game, um, there's just a certain clutch gene. Um, there's a certain thing about Patrick Mahomes who can escape sacks and create that is just going to wear the. Bengals defense down and this is not an anti-Bengals thing whatsoever but how often do you see a group an offense led by extremely young and experienced talent charge all the way to the Super Bowl it's it's not often they beat a Raiders team who had all kinds of issues during the season it's a miracle that they made the playoffs um not taking anything away from the Bengals they beat a good Titans team a limited Titans team but a good team and um, I just think it's going to be difficult. I mean, you're talking about the Chiefs who have as much experience in these situations as any team in the past five years coming in, and you're making Joe Burrow, um, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, these young, inexperienced, 
I don't know if inexperienced, but not playoff experienced players go in to Kansas City to win. I just don't see a formula. Um, I, I think Kansas City wins by um, two touchdowns, at least two scores. And I um, do not understand the 49ers. I don't know how they're doing this um, because I am not a Jimmy G believer. Um, I am and always have been a Matt Stafford fan. Um, Cam Akers coming back has been huge for the Rams. Sony Michelle, Cam Akers getting that running game going. Odell Beckham um, is playing well, even though I'm not a fan. Um, And, of course, I mean, Cooper Cup. Best receiver in the league, um, in my opinion. He can do everything. I think that's going to be a lot to handle. And I would be hard-pressed to find somebody else who truly, like, deep down wants the Super Bowl more than Matt Stafford. I mean, that guy went through, and this is no dig on you all. He went through Detroit for years. Oh, yeah. And um, At one point, I was like, why doesn't he just walk away? Finally getting his chance in the L.A. Sun. I think it's going to be Rams, Chiefs, and um, I would hate to see Jackson Mahomes dancing. So give me (laughs) Matthew Stafford and any baggage you think may come with his family um, over the dancing Mahomes. Um, I love it. Uh, love I it. So I, I had, I, so I had made a couple bold predictions before our, I think this was like one of the very, very, very first weeks of the football season. Right. Um, so I mean, I made a couple, one of them was that Alabama and I'm going to, again, say this again, but Alabama would lose that one game during the regular season. And that was, I thought they were beatable. They looked a little bit off. Um, and I thought that this might just be a down year, you know, one loss down year. But they're they're gonna be off to uh, and they're gonna lose to a Texas A and M team who's kind of who's kind of gritty. Um, but then I also said that Matthew Stafford would win a Super Bowl. That was one of my big predictions that I that I was like, you know what? Fuck it, he's gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna get there. He's gonna do it. So I do have. Uh, Again, the only reason I picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl is just because I got to win a bet, dude. I got to win a bet. And, um, you know, but that's about it. And so, but again, Stafford winning would be, that would be the topping on the cake for me. That's that's all I'll say. And honestly, it's a little disrespectful that I even list Joe Burrow as inexperienced considering how poised he is and he has a national championship. I just right. think it's going to be so. Yeah, but it's Patrick Mahomes. You let an experienced, proven defensive coordinator draw up coverages, um, disguise right. coverages over top, make him go to his second, third reads, force him to be able to read post snap. I mean, it is going to put a lot on his plate um, in Kansas City, a tough environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, go Matt, Matt Stafford. Um, former Michigan State center Brian um, Allen, Allen, right? Center for the Los Angeles Rams. or But that will go down as the worst jerseys ever to win a Super Bowl if the Rams win. Oh, my God. I know. I, I don't understand the gradient. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. But, like, their logo, it sucks, you know? Because as someone who is a graphic designer and designs shit for Twitter – like, do you know how hard it is to change that yellow? Because you can't just change it. Because, because what I would do to put it on a solid, a solid background is you would just, ch- you would just paint bucket it. 
Like super easy, right? With a gradient, now you gotta go into this thing and like you gotta now add a gradient overlay. I'm like, the fuck is that? So that's why when I did when we did our picks up here, when I put when I put this on screen, you see that I didn't even try, didn't even try, I just kept it blue because because that is impossible to change because it's not all the same color, and yeah. just not uh, graphic designers worst hell. But before before we wrap up any type of talk or Super Bowl yeah. talk, I do want to say one quick thing about the Buffalo Bills, the whole entire debacle that went on josh allen was nine and oh on coin tosses in his career nine and oh on a 50 50 coin toss comes in and loses the coin toss oh my god yikes that is that is that is god that's so funny um thank you ladies and gentlemen or well thank you gentlemen sorry um thank you gentlemen for being here this was great very very Swear fun I thank you to everyone this. who who watched uh on the twitter i'm like it's too loud uh thank you to everyone who watched on twitter thank you to everyone who will listen on spotify apple podcasts overcast all of the podcast sites i don't even know existed but now i do um thank you everyone for listening uh, we will see you guys again next time bye